You're listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories and the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Mac. And I'm Vod. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. Rated S for spoilers. Alright, full Cosmere spoilers. Here we come. So... Well of Ascension, right? Uh, super interesting because these full spoiler videos, we're only going to have two for the entire book, but like it was really setting the ground for what's to come in Hero of Ages. It's funny because we were already starting like our work on Hero of Ages, and I'm like, gosh, I feel like we need a spoiler episode after every chapter. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Well, let's... Uh... I'm going to do my best, okay? Like, this is going to be a pretty, a little bit slower of an episode because I'm going to be going through my notes on everything for the last uh, 30 of the chapters. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, do you, is there anything you want to start with while I'm kind of scanning through a good starting place? Well, so we get, so we, we get like this idea of hemolurgy with the coloss and the chondra. Um, it's fun to know like how, you know, in the background, how they were connected. And I remember, mm-hmm. you know, Tensoon yeah. being like, oh, we're cousins. And he doesn't really mention why. And it's because they're hemolurgic constructs. Um, fun fact, after this, I, after Well of Ascension, I looked up to see, like, uh, just looked up like an article on hemolurgy and copper mind or whatever, and, uh, found out that you can do hemolurgy on animals. And I'm like, oh, that's probably where those hemolurgic chimeras came from. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um, cause they probably used just hemolurgic spikes on animals and that's why they look human. Cause they had like spiced, you know, from humans, but like it was just animals. Um, but uh gosh there were so, there are just a thing some things like the fact that atm gets brought up as there's definitely a cache somewhere it has to be because yep. everyone knew or at least straff knew that there was a um um you know that like 90 percent or whatever of the atm was you know not in circulation yeah and that just gets dropped all the time. And of course it's like brought up, but I don't think it, it, it's, it's only a couple times brought up that it's 90%. So most, almost all of the ATM, you know, that everyone know, knows about, like it's 10 times as much as that out there. Um, and then finding out that, that, you know, in the end, and we were, we're going to get into um, Hero of Ages, that that's the trust um, and that the conjurer were holding onto it. That's, that's, that was a cute, neat little reveal. I know we all speculate, like, how did Zane get his spike? Um, I think that, you know, I forgot that it w- it came out and it said, like, yeah, he has a spike in between his shoulder blades. Yeah, so, okay, I want to get to all of that. I have, I found a pretty decent starting spot here. Okay, so let's I, go. I want to go with it. I'm, start I'm, I'm just going to start, like, meandering. So yeah, go. yeah, yeah. I'm saving, I'm saving our listeners. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, chapter 33 is where I kind of want to start with this. Because okay. chapter 33 has what I think is kind of a, a super interesting moment having just finished Tress. And so we mentioned before, okay, these are full Cosmere spoilers. So I'm going to say give it an additional warning because Tress is the most recent one. It includes Tress. Okay. There okay, we go. We'll see. So the thing here was in chapter 33, we get the first drop of ruin and preservation with the Chondra, like we right. mentioned. Right. right. And, um, we we get we get the mention of the bonds which you brought up between the Koloss and the Condor, which I think was really funny. How Tenzin was like, "Yeah, they're my bro." Oh, mm, yeah, <laughs> we're both outcast. But the thing that I I recorded here was that I noticed that 
Ven's earring early on in her life was gilded in silver. Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it had worn away. Brandon specifically mentions it had worn worn away completely. And the silver is just gone. So so, so she could. Yeah. And I made a note here that says, am I right? Because when we were doing this, I was only one way through Tress of the Emerald Sea. So if you go back, listeners, you go back to our first episode of me reacting to Tress. Um, I mentioned that there has to be some sort of bond. And I connected it to Trinity and everything. Go check out that episode for that, that theory and everything. But in that moment, I wrote here, and I remember looking back at my notes, does that mean I'm right about Silver completely just cutting a bond off completely? And, and, and that theory I had with how Silver is used in both Trinity, Tress, and everything else. But I thought that was so cool and so interesting because it's one of those things where you go, is this something that Brandon had, had planned from the beginning? Or is this some one of those things where he goes, man, Silver's acting this way for a reason. And then he goes, I can make that cooler because like... I mentioned D&D all the time. That's me half the time. I'll say something. My my players will point something out that I didn't even think about. And I go, dang, that's such a cool point out. Now I need to make that something. I need to make that really cool for them to find out later, even though it started as nothing. I And it's so funny because, like, uh, you know, it gets dropped there. And then in the end, like, in the reread, I was like, oh, man, understanding the nature of silver, like, in the Cosmere made mm-hmm. that, like, such a bigger deal. But the thing that I, I got to take a little step back on because it, it is... That would mean that when she spiked her sister through the heart, that it was covered in silver. So hemallergy works even if silver is coating it. Well, that's the thing. It just cuts off the the bond to the investiture, right? It doesn't get rid of the investiture. So that's why I'm wondering. is because that would mean that it was a silver gilded spike I mean, it was a bronze, bronze spike yeah yeah that that she used because at first i was like oh that means the bronze is being exposed and that means that she's getting the pure you know that mm-hmm. real stuff or whatever mm-hmm. um one thought and i'm only speculating this is perhaps maybe uh by coating uh hemolytic spikes in silver it maintains that power for a longer period of time but it's weaker yeah, well, because I mean, we know that hemology loses power over time. Yeah, and one really thing quickly. that was super interesting here, right, is the fact that it would make sense to kind of line up with the way she heard her voices, right? She didn't hear Rena's voice obviously until Rena had left her. But at the same time, did Ruin just not have control or was he not able to influence her until that started to fade away? She did not hear the thumping of the Well of Ascension until that had completely started to fade away. And that's when she was starting to pierce copper clouds, right? So I think I think that at least could be very much explained by the fact that she's now using pure elementic metals and she's not just getting the trace stuff that she had before. But we didn't even get the thumping of the Well of Ascension until about halfway through. And the other thing uh, is, is that is well, that's what I'm saying. It's the other thing is, is the well had to fill up because she even said like as the days went by in this book, the Well of Ascension was becoming louder because it was filling up. Yes. Uh, I mean, this would be taking an assumption, right? But what if, like, how 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 long? Like, is it is it, you know, based on what Alindi was going through, was the Well already full when, this, when he started his quest and that's why he could feel the thumping and he went after it? Or is this one of those things where you can almost always feel the thumping of the Well, just not to a greater extent, which is like, she wasn't able to feel the thumping, even though it was so close to being full. It was within a year of it being full mm-hmm. because of the silver having completely needing to fade. And then, bam, she was able to latch onto it at that point because she's, you know, 
She's spiked, right, as a, as a seeker. My understanding with the way Silver fades, and I'm assuming it's going to work the same thing as, like, you know, real life, is that it would have already been pretty well faded by this time. Like, it doesn't just fade over the course of, like, a year or two. She's had it for many, many, many years. And it probably was around the time when Reen would have been taken or probably even earlier than that when it was probably mostly worn out anyway. Um, or it could be that she wasn't really wearing it before because she was scared someone would take it, and now she is wearing it and then actually wore it out. One thing that I thought was super-duper interesting, again, which just ultimately comes down to how much of a pawn Kelsier was to ruin, was uh, Vin had completely stopped wearing it for that reason. She was afraid it was going to get stolen, and then Kelsier is the one that says, no, Vin, it's a great idea. Keep it in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kelsier had been manipulated by ruin. I don't think he had, like gotten like voices or even mm -hmm. like inclinations from him but uh he got it through gimmel Ru yeah ruin had already said like i am um, you know i i put i teased you away because i knew how to mess with you because you were you and i are the same basically mm -hmm. but yeah that was that was super cool to learn because i was like oh that means that this power this hemology would have been really really powerful now when earlier it wouldn't have been there yeah so another thing um we talk about, uh, we're going to jump all the way to chapter 40 here because, again, a lot of my notes for spoiler episodes, which I'm skipping some of my notes because this book, again, was very much us kind of avoiding the us pointing out every single little thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a ton of notes basically every time Tensoon gives himself away yeah, yeah, if you're yeah. paying attention. Well, we, we, we talked about that in the previous episode, too. I mean, we, um, we, we yeah. talked a lot about there's lot There's a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> But um, one thing I wanted to wanted to say here is jumping all the way to 40, right? We talk about how, uh, you know, and you're more of the expert to talk about this. But when we talk about like Kaladin and the reason why his his uh, his sash doesn't go away, right, mm -hmm. is because that's how he sees himself. And mm -hmm. like you can't heal something that you see yourself. We have the connection to the spirit world. We talk about how uh, it takes someone kind of cracking on that level to allow investiture to seep mm -hmm. in. And, you know, that's why... Um, that's why uh, mentally hurt or like people who, who who are going through a lot become night radiance, you know, mm -hmm, people who mm -hmm. have been broken. Right. That's why you have to break someone for them to snap. Yeah. Right. One thing I thought was really interesting, right, is I don't know in this moment, I don't know necessarily if Vin is wearing her earring. I don't think she actually is because it's right after her fight. I don't think she's wearing her earring. Which fight? Uh, where she protects, uh, where she's headbutts the guy's head into exploding, and Ellen sees her, right? And she's uh -huh. freaking out. I don't know if she's wearing the earring at this moment because this is while she's recovering. It doesn't mention whether she is or not, but she reaches out to Ellen to grab him, and he flinches. And Vin talks about how that's the moment she completely broke. And the minute she says that, I think if we can assume that she's not wearing the earring at that moment, she hears Reen's voice, even though she's not. It like specifically talks about how the minute she broke, she's like. This is it. This is like the death of it. And she accepts that, you know, Ellen's gone, essentially. She had ruined yeah, everything. Yeah. I remember what you're saying because he Reen's, said he's going to betray you. He always was going to or something like that. And I kind of have this thought here. I was like, if, you know, and I might be wrong. I'm looking back at it. I didn't make a note of whether she had the earring. I don't think even mentioned it. But if she didn't have the earring at that moment and she heard it, I think that's another really cool moment of like, at this point, Reen or, or, or Ruin could ruin, you know, even influence people who aren't spiked, right? And could he do it if they're broken enough? And you could argue, is preservation able to do this? And I think you did have that argument where you're talking to me about how when Sazed was completely broken, Tyndall's dead, he's dying, 
that preserve you argued that preservation was able to talk to him in his mind. And so in that moment, if we can assume that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say probably not. I, I'm going to say she probably had the earring. And the reason I say that is because I don't think ruin was able to do all of what he did on non spike people until he was released. Oh, that's fair. Because hero of ages, we see a lot of that, but the only time we hear people actually have voices that like ruin are people who are spiked. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, like I think you're right too, because when we get to that point in Hero of Ages, they have an Inquisitor spike Penrod to drive right. him insane to basically run Luthadel into the ground. Right, 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 and 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 it's so and Penrod's stable, a stable guy. I mean, yeah. so we know that people with broken spirit spirit webs, um, they are susceptible to investiture and influence because Kelsier even. Um, starts influencing, you know, the madness on that one, that one soldier, um, uh, and starts talking to him. Uh, and mm-hmm. he was he was a crazy guy, and that's why he was able to do it or whatever. Um, but I think Ruin's too weak in Well of Ascension to be able to do anything like that until, and then it, when he comes to Hero of Ages, then he's starting to able to like really get into those people. Um, and preservation, he he even said, I think, and I think it was in. Um, secret history he said preservation is unable to do it because when he tries to go in his nature of his shard caught tries to close those gaps in the spirit uh, web yeah i got you so ruin pries them open and is able to get in but his but preservation keeps trying to repair it um my theory with preservation and i still have to look this up because is that the reason he was able to talk to Sazed was because Sazed was so close to death and preservation's whole thing is like being that bridge to death. Mm, okay, um, okay. And it might have also been that he was broken. It probably was a combination of he was his he was spiritually broken. He was about to die, and and those combination of things allowed preservation to come in and say, "Hey," and you know, say was able to pull pull back and get, and get his health and everything like that. Um, which again, the thing about understanding ferrochemy and allomancy is we need to think of him in more of Cosmere terms. Mm-hmm. So like Chris, for example, comes in and she goes, oh, I, she tells Wax at one point, ah, so you you use ferrochemy, when you use, it, you use your iron, it changes your connection to the planet and causes you to, you know, get more gravity, essentially. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing is, he, she talked about it in terms of connection. The same thing goes, I think, with gold and storing health. I think what you're really doing is you're storing um, spiritual idealism. And what I mean by that is we talk about like you when we were saying how Kaladin's, um, you know, thing with mm-hmm. his he, he viewed himself in the cognitive realm, you know, as having the uh, having the scars. And it was once he got over that, that's when his scars healed. Yeah. Um, but in the spiritual realm, his spiritual ideal is without scars. And that's why he was able to return to that form. That's my understanding of like gold and ferrochemy is you're actually pulling like the information from the spiritual realm to form yourself back to the way you're supposed to be. But they think of it as health. It looks like health, just like, like weight. It looks like weight, but you're actually storing connection to gravity or essentially. And that's why I think like even the, the, the surges work. But anyway, I don't want to start start going into all those details. Hey, that's what these episodes are for. right? I know, but I'm going to nerd, but I'm just going to nerd out about everything (laughs) other than well of Ascension. (laughs) That's fair. Uh, 42 
we talk all the time about philosophy of Brandon. Eventually, we're going to do a full-on philosophy of Brandon episode. Especially reading um, the stuff on Hero of Ages and Caesar's Depression. But Yeah, you know. but a big thing here is, you know, we see this perfected in Stormlight. But Ellen specifically goes out after he loses his kingship and starts just helping people. And he specifically talks about how sitting around and waiting for our doom, sitting around and and, and, and being sad right. about it does nothing. But working these men makes them feel better. This is this is also like he he started this out. This was a baby Elantris thing. Yeah. You know, the whole idea of like, you know, if they don't get a, get something to move, if they aren't given a sense of purpose, then they will just get drug out. Yeah, and saving most of that discussion for that episode, but like, you know, I've experienced something pretty similar to that. You know, if you stay working and keep your mind going on things, like, it, it becomes at least easier forget to forget the hard times. Well, it's just funny because it's like, that is actually the understanding, like, therapy uh, when it comes to mental health is, you know, doing these things. Uh, the whole concept of the only proven um, uh, treatment, DBT, not CBT, but DBT, um dialectical behavioral theory or whatever the the whole point is that you feel one way but the only thing you can control is what you do like your actual actions and behavior and if you start acting essentially like someone who's not depressed and you do things that they don't do your brain basically starts converting it over to where it doesn't do it so it's really neat i I thought yeah i agree like i remember when ellen did that i was like huh this gives me some elantris vibes no for sure um, jumping over to 45. So chapter 45 uh, says that at this point is going over the rubbings and stuff. And it specifically talks about how, um, and the rubbings and things like that, like the hero won't be terrorists and things like that, or like ruin obviously changed it. Mm-hmm. Right. I kind of want to talk about that a bit because he changed it to be away from terrorists. And we used to think like when you were reading this and going through the epigraphs, at least the first time. I was like, well, of course, like, why would a, why would, because the way we were viewing religion in this case, right, we didn't actually know that they mattered, right? right. Up to this point, it had just come down to, at least through the first book was, there actually is no religion. Like, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. these things, maybe the Lord rulers of God, maybe not. If not, like these, we didn't, we didn't know that gods existed. Right. And so in this case, when it came to this, it was like the idea of like, of course, like the terrorist people would come up with this prophecy and it'd be one of their own people right. to be a thing. But that wouldn't make sense. It probably would be someone else. And, you know, that's a cool story of the terrorist people needing to accept that. Oh, wait, no, the terrorist religion is preservation's plan. And it definitely is supposed to be a terrorist man because like we at the end of the day, you know, we don't know exactly what his plan was, but it made sense that when Caesar took the power, he's like, I have all the freaking knowledge. Mm-hmm. It makes complete sense that you know, preservation would straight up be like, you're the chosen people. You need to keep this religion because y'all are the first, like the last, the first and last line of defense against ruin. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought that was really interesting to see how yeah, that's like the first thing that ruin like scratched out of the whole thing was like, it's not a terrorist person. It's definitely not. <laughs> well, so um, I, th- this actually, again, when we get into hero of ages, you start seeing like maybe Rashik was kind of a good guy. Like he was just kind of misled on how he did certain things. And one of them was he wiped out all the religions. Right. And now I think about it in hindsight, thinking that would be a perfect way for ruin to get in. He wiped the religions out so he couldn't lie to them, you know, and he couldn't manipulate them anymore. Like I was like, Oh, that actually makes some sense. Like, especially yeah. the terrorist religion would be the one he wiped out because that's what he used to manipulate people. 
Yeah, a big thing when I was thinking about it was the when you like you bringing that up was actually kind of cool because I I actually hadn't thought that deep into why he did that. I was always under the imp- the uh, uh, impression of kind of what the characters come to with Rashik is he's not a good guy, like he's not a good person. But in the sense of this, he was definitely the um, means justify the ends sort of things, you know, where it's like he is ultimately trying to keep mankind going and he's probably not a good guy and he probably wants to hold on to his power too. But ultimately at the end, he, he was on the same team as humanity, even if he wasn't the best person. But I like your idea of like, yeah, let's wipe out religion. Cause in this case, that was one of Ruin's best tools to try to get people the whole, you know, it would make sense. Why wipe out all the religions? Well, Room was this close with Alindi to succeeding. Yeah, get rid of that. Get it all. He was out like, of here. he was like, he was like, I can't stand for any one of these being potentially the only, next thing. Only my religion, and you saw he knew how to keep his religion. Because look at this, outside of him overseeing that Ruin could control the Steel Inquisitors when he when Ruin taught him hemology, um, outside of that oversight, all of the doctrines, all the things, these were fanatical people. Like, look at a uh, look at a. Uh, Man, why is his name slipping away from me? Look at the obligator who controlled Set City. Yeoman. 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 He, was so, he was in such belief that the Lord Ruler was straight up coming back. Right. He, he had no like hesitation that that was what's going to happen. And if you look at all the stored cans, everything that they did, all the writing was in metal. His religion, funny enough, was the only realistic religion that actually made sense. And it taught how to defeat ruin that was it right and the i think his only goof is maybe he should have like let people on to hey ruin exists preservation exists i think the only reason they wouldn't he didn't do that was probably so that people wouldn't understand the you know well of ascension and they wouldn't question him they wouldn't question him not just question him but also be like um hey i'm gonna go take that myself you know and have people look for it uh, so it makes sense that he's like, I'm just going to make everything secret. Now, no one knows the well of extension, extension exists. I'm the only one that does. I have a fanatical priesthood that does all these things that are doing my plans and they're doing it all secret and I don't have to coerce them into doing it. Like it all now makes sense. Like why he would wipe it all out. No, 100%. And that's the thing. I'm not getting that wrong, right? Like ruin taught the Lord or gave the Lord rule the information of hemology. If he, I'm, if I remember correctly. So we're reading ahead on hero of ages. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what Sazed says, uh, when he took the power, he Ruin said, was that, able to he talk said to him. Ruin whispered in his, to him, some of the, the things on the, th- on the three element, uh, the three, uh, magic systems. So here's something that I need to figure out then. Right. He made the Coloss, but we learned yeah. that the Chondra had a suicide pact because the Chondra were his terrorist brothers. Yes. So why make the Coloss if he knew Ruin could control them? Because he he knew if he knew that why did the con if he didn't know that why did the Condor have a suicide pact to pull off their spikes when Ruin tried to use them? I don't know. I mean, I I, I think it might get explained a bit more in Hero of Ages because we learn at the end of like the epigraph for chapter 10 something along those around there um, about the suicide pact with the Condor, and I found it funny that that was so early. Um, it could be also that the Coloss didn't have like a level of intelligence. Like we actually find out that their intelligence get, became more and more potent as time went on because mm-hmm. the spikes became less potent. Yeah. So it could be that they were just so mind, you know, stuck that um, 
when Ruin came in to try to control everything, uh, they he, they were not going to have the you know capabilities to be able to do something like that. Whereas the Chondra were like still sentient and they understood this stuff. I, I think um, my question though is a hundred percent: Why make the Coloss then if he knew Ruin army. could take could take control of them? An army, I think it was because he had physical soldiers and they were super intimidating because he still needed to conquer the world. Uh, mm. Not everyone just bent. He to wasn't. Knee. He wasn't expecting to die. Yeah, he wasn't expecting to die. So he's sitting here. He's like, I have this army, um, and also he, they had a built-in weakness. So he's like, even if I die, then enough soothers could come in, and they even wrote in the thing in the cache, enough soother- soothers can control the coloss. So that's a question I have, and this is definitely a hero ages question. We'll ask it then, but I want to know now. Here's the question then. Was Ruin only able to take Ellen's army that was sieging Frederick, I think is what it was? Fadricks. Fadricks, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was was Ruin only able to take control of that army while they were sieging it because there wasn't a strong enough Alamancer holding on to it or there wasn't enough Alamancers? Or was that something that like... Because he just yanked it from, from Ellen, just straight up yanked it away from him. My understanding is that, yeah, is essentially Ruin, when he, once he became powerful enough and he gets stronger and stronger um, and his influence starts getting more and more intense, that you takes more and more power to push him away, essentially. It's the same as like with the Steel Inquisitors. I mean, the Steel Inquisitors controlled him until they didn't. Mm-hmm. And even uh, even Ven and Ellen say, and again, this is only because I've, I've, I've been reading the first part of Hero of Ages to be prepared for those episodes. Um, they even say that it would take someone to take the Coloss from them, which if they were distracted enough and a strong enough soothing happened, they probably would lose the Coloss that they had control over. Um, so it is, I think as simple as that, it's just a, it's just a a force of nature. Um, ruin would just be able to do it. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Brandon, Brandon's promises. This Mm -hmm. is my favorite thing he taught me in his lectures is society of promises, right? Going forward, um, in an earlier chapter, uh, I guess not earlier, but like earlier than what I'm looking at in my notes, you can see he's like 49, I think is what it is. Ham mentions that. Uh, he's like, man, I really do actually feel like most times that Kelser's out there watching us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and this is Ham saying it, and we obviously know from what's happening with Seeker history, especially they're he's wrong at this point. Yeah, because uh, I don't think Kelser can see anything until he's released no. from the well. Yeah, yeah, he's he's gets stuck at the well really early on. I mm-hmm. don't think he sees anything that happens in here in Well of Ascension. But um, then we get this whole idea of like the mist spirit, right? Which we consistently see Ruin imitating the mist spirit, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is kind of crazy. Because that, you know, when I first read it, that threw me for a loop. I'm like, this mist spirit seems to be. He doesn't make sense. He like, doesn't it, make sense at all. There's it, no consistency to right. his actions. And the funny thing is, is when I first brought that up, you were like, does that sound like preservation? And I'm like. What do you mean does it sound like preservation? No. I don't know what preservation is. So, no, here's the thing. You're bringing that up a little early because here's the thing, right? We we were talking about ruin and preservation uh, as the mist spirit. But here's the thing. You didn't really know that ruin was imitating the mist spirit, but you were halfway through Hero of Ages. So you knew of ruin's existence. I think you're at a point where you even then even talked to ruin. So, like, I think you're almost like two thirds of the way through that book. And I meant and he's like he's like I just, you're just still like I don't understand I'm like secret history but I got yeah. that I was just like does that sound like something ruin or, or preservation would do and you're like no like it like it doesn't sound like anything and I'm it's like, like how much secret history <laughs> I know you 
I was like, I was like, I didn't even know like the shards existed. Like I was like, I didn't understand the concept. Did, yeah, you knew ruin and preservation existed. So you didn't know what a shard was. Yeah, yeah like yeah. like then you meet him and you're mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, this character that'd be really out of character for him, I guess. But uh, you know, but anyway, so yeah, the misspirit acting all weird. Um, yeah, no, but you get like spook. I think it was chapter fifty one. Uh, Spook's like, I wish I was a Mistborn. <laughs> yeah, I know that. That was funny. <laughs> and I, so let's set up that entire thing. Which, by the way, you know, again, I think we're gonna get real in depth in it. I don't know whether I like Spook's arc in the final book. We'll talk more about it as we yeah, go through it. I'm, but, yeah, I'm a little, little. Yeah, anyway, yeah. But Spook to me, I liked his character all the way until the end, which is when I was like, I don't, I don't know. I was like. This character came out of nowhere. Is like, says like, you deserve to be misborn, my boy. Good job. And it's like, does he? But does he? <laughs> well, I mean, Kelsier was the one that convinced him to. Yeah. But um, I mean, the yeah, the other thing is Ellen also being like, man, if I only had some power, like apparently you just got to wish for it, you just become misborn eventually. Yeah. <laughs> again, but him being, you know. We'll talk about it again for Hero of Ages, but like him being spiked, that was juicy. The way mm-hmm. he got spiked. I didn't even think when he got stabbed through through the thug, I was like, oh my gosh. No idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's just like, Brandon's so clever at hiding. Because I think even at that point, we understood what spiking through was. Yeah, because the and prologue. He, and he just did it like, yeah, but like even then when you're first reading it, it's obvious now. Even first reading it, you're still like, okay, this is hemallergy. He straight up says it, but like what's actually happening you know, they're spiking through a ferrochemist, and then we get hints. Uh, we're gonna be starting those episodes soon, but we yeah. get hints because we see the, the the Steel Inquisitor moving super fast with ferrochemical speed, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we're like, okay, like we're getting hints, but I don't think like hemallergy is like fully explained, like explained enough at least until about halfway through the book. And I want to say like halfway through Hero of Ages, about the time hemallergy is being explained, Brandon's like, and now. As you're distracted by my explanation of hemallergy, I'm going to spike spook right in front of you, and you're just yeah. not even going to know it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember him getting pewter, and I was like, how the hell did that happen? What? I don't understand. Yeah. yeah. And then you're just like, okay, Kelsier. I was like, the rules, they're breaking the rule. I, I remember being upset. Like, I was like, yeah. this is breaking the rules. It's not supposed to happen like this. What? Now everyone just gets the powers they want, you know? <laughs> and, then, and then finding out, like, oh, actually. <laughs> yeah. No, I was so confused. Like, honestly, even at that point, I was like, I have no idea. I thought it was Ruin somehow, but I was like, again, I didn't even think of a spike. I was like, can Ruin just give powers? Right, exactly. Is, is that what's happening? No. Um, But... um. Okay, going a little bit farther in uh, to like 52-ish, I love how Brandon Sanderson's like, hey, you know what? Uh, soothing the Coloss doesn't work. Breeze is like, I did that. It doesn't work. And it's just like, wait, you know, the the key, you know, the solution is extreme soothing. <laughs> well, and I didn't even think, actually, I forgot. And I wouldn't even think about the, you know, we find out in, I think, well, Hero of Ages, the first part, they say that. A bunch of soothers can be used to get colas, mm-hmm. and, and Ellen is like, "Oh, I didn't think about that." I yeah, they, they thought it was just misborn. Yeah, yeah, they were just thought it was Duralamin and it was misborn. Um, but yeah, no. So that actually that actually changes my comments because I think last in a previous episode I said, "Why was Tinsoon so scared of Alamancers when it takes a misborn during Duralamin to get control of a Chandra?" But now it makes sense that it would just take a group of soothers to do it. And that's so interesting because it's like one of those ideas where if we knew about that, 
I'm pretty sure Breeze and his posse could have just like held yeah. held Luthadel by themselves. They might have. And well, here's the other thing is again, I want to think of this in terms of where I, I guarantee it's gonna drop at some point explaining that because we have to think of this in terms of Cosmere definitions. What is soothing? Mm. And soothing, they we it manifests as coming down on you know emotions. Could it be that they're actually severing a connection to the cognitive realm, you know, and pushing it away in the physical realm, and that's why it comes out of soothing. And, and that's what's, why your cognitive you could take control oh and then you so what you're doing is you're breaking their connection to the cognitive realm and instead connecting yourself to them and that's why they can control you can control them. that's why sprints have emotion soothing of sprints oh god could you can they soothe away a radiance powers by breaking the connection to the sprint yes that's what i'm saying it's like so here's the thing is because okay so brandon has already said like oh um dead eyes he was saying Mm -hmm. dead eyes are um we've seen that happen in the cosmere before but uh you know rafo and that that was the Seons. The Seons did the yeah, same thing. Yeah, yeah. When they broke, they became yep. mindless and they was just started wandering. So there's this connection into the spiritual realm. So what I think is that the Kolos and the Chandra so, lose their connection to the spiritual realm and instead link it to someone else. And that's why they get control. So we had this theory, you know, and I, I had this theory and I talked about it uh, in the Lost Metal impressions, I think. I think that's where it is. But I talked about how um we talked about Sazed being discord right we right. talked about how that could happen and i said that i could foresee scadriel being the big bad guys of the entire cosmere and the reason i said that is i was like is there anyone and i know on reddit you know people read it they're probably gonna tear us a new one if they're listening to this but i was like is there anyone who could legitimately stand up to a full-powered mistborn and God, like, like forbid here, a Mistborn spiked with hemallergic, with, with ferrochemy. Is there someone who could stand up to that, right? Look at this. If this is true, this idea, Scadrill's, like, 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 the burning of metals is so overpowered. If you, like, you know, we're, we're making the assumption that soothing can cut a connection, dude. This Mistborn, like, people are talking about, what about radiance? And I know we're making this very bold assumption that a soother could cut off a connection to their sprint. Right, if that was true, what are radiance even going to do? They're going to walk up on a mistborn who's going to dural them and soothe. And even if they can't cut the connection fully, what if that drops them from being a full radiant to, man, my shard blade barely works. You know, I, I think it's going to be more like that because because like we see connection in Roshar like as a thing like that that was like he was like I'm going to steal your connection from the Stormfather, and that was going to basically bind him. You know to Can- him so here's the thing right can so you, can you imagine these fights though can you imagine these fights of like suddenly soothers or artillery it's like the this shard bearer this the, this this radiant is, comes running through to kind of cut through cut through some scadrian soldiers and next thing you know there's three or four soothers that are just focusing one and you see them as their blade flickers out you hear a scream from the sprint and then they just get dogpiled by normal soldiers and killed i think what it will probably not do, what i would do is instead of severing the connection is what they will do is they'll make them dumb again like way sill was, was like losing mm-hmm. herself i think that's what it would be like like ah, they would still have okay. their connection but that's like she can't follow she can't do become a sharp like she would lo- she would start losing that because her cognitive connection is bound to her you know the radiant 
And so I think that, yes, that soothing would probably do the same thing to a radiant or their sprin as they do to the Coloss and the Chondra. Man, we could go on that rant for a while. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, and I bet we missed something where someone's going to come in and go, um, actually. Uh, <laughs> no, and Brand, I, Brandon, you know, while he was getting pizza at a Walmart, said. <laughs> Raffo. Uh, Raffo. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be interesting. Raffo. <laughs> No, is Brandon Brandon Sanderson the ultimate DM where someone brings that up because I never thought about that. Raffo, I yeah. might write that. <laughs> right, right. But um, yeah, no, like is it? I'm telling you, man. Like it would make sense, right? Because I talked to you with say, and I was like, what if says it's like purposely hindering, and then you you brought up how like says it's like talking to wax. It's like I think I hurt you by by doing this, and I'm like, well, let's take a step back here. He said that to them because he was like, well, this is on the same planet. That definitely doesn't mean he's not like planet wide going like, oh man, I babied you a little too much. You need to catch up with the times on the planet. But that doesn't mean planet wide. He's like, oh no, no, let's suppress that nuclear technology a little bit here. Let's put that down a bit. Well, we also, it sounds like with with Harmony, he's he's stuck. He's becoming less and less, um, he has less and less agency, it sounds like. So like, it sounds like he's kind of stuck to where he can't do as much. Yeah. yeah. So except for through the Chondra, but. Anyway, we're well of ascension. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. So let's get back. Hey, man, I lost my spot because we we went. You said forty five. Uh, oh, that wasn't forty five. That was a bit farther. But so uh, then I thought something was super interesting uh, when she breaks the gates and she arrives to save Sazed. Which okay, I'm going to take a step back. Sazed, arguably my favorite moment in the entire Mistborn on on schedule is Sazed holding his gate. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big Sazed fanboy. I like everything about it. But man, it, it, I get emotional thinking about him holding holding the gate. It broke me when Wax was like, don't make me do this. You don't understand. And Harmony just flashes the image of, of himself, of Sazed holding the gate. Mm-hmm. And it was just like that smack in the face of like, what do you mean? I don't understand right. what I'm making you do. Mm-hmm. I literally did it. Yeah. And that was just crazy. But um, going past that, because I already talked, I talked to death. If you want to hear me talk to death about that, <laughs> the previous episode. previous episode or previous two episodes, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I thought it was something when Vin comes to save them, she's talking to herself about feeling good about how she could fight and kill. And this obviously isn't, you know, she's dead, she's gone uh, at this point in the Cosmere, going after Hero of Ages. But like, Vin is one heck of a uh, windrunner. Because as she's talking, I she doesn't say the exact words, but she basically says, "I will protect those who cannot protect themselves." Yeah, <laughs> I know. Someone, so there's so many people who said, "Did Vin swear an ideal?" And it's like, no, no. no. I mean, it, at least that's not how that works. That it doesn't. You can't just do that. But no, because um, like if that was the case, you know, swearing ideals, why aren't they popping up on every single planet? Right. It's it, clearly it's a special thing with Roshar, and clearly it's a recent thing with Roshar too. So yeah, because there's no sprint on any other planets, just Roshar. Uh, right? Seons are arguably sprint. Seons uh, and Skays are yes, arguably sprint. Yes. Um, and who knows what else might be out there? Uh, there's some equivalent on on Nalthus. I thought someone said. The it could be the lifeless, not the lifeless. Uh, anyway, but yeah, th- there are some 
analogs to Spren in other places. I would say that in Threnody, the cognitive shadows are probably, you know, some very, anyway, you know, so I don't know, uh, but I don't think so. I don't know if, I don't know if you can, if you are misborn. But I just thought that was great. Oh, Void did. Yeah, when I heard it, though, I mean, oh, no, but yeah, but he was on Roshar. When yeah, he, he was on, he had to go to Roshar, so I think it's a Rosharan thing. Yeah, but, um, yeah, no, I thought that was super cool because I was just looking at it, and I'm like, she said the way she worded it, it wasn't exact, but I heard it, and I was like, that's an ideal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, going over to 56, um, one thing that I noticed is when the terrorist men ha- are talking to Venture, or talking to Ellen, when he, he finds the refugees, uh, it notices that Spook can barely, like, it's just standing there, but can, like, barely keep his eyes open around the fires because he's flaring so hard. And I think it's really interesting by this point that uh, Brandon's already like, hey, savants, they're a thing, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, he His savant, and because and, and for, the, for the last third of the book, he's just flaring nonsense. Ven, Ven is saying, like, you're using your 10 way too much, and he's, like, constantly using his 10. So, yeah, the savantism it being built up right then, it makes a lot of sense. Yep. Um, let's see. Oh my God. How dare Brandon? 57. The Koloss spikes on Sazed's desk. Uh huh. They, they took spikes from the Koloss. Yes. Yes, they didn't know what they were. Yes. What about it? No, I'm just, I, I, okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that's super interesting that he's already like, I missed it the first time. They're just like, he just, again, he's so good at just going like, oh yeah, we took some spikes from some Coloss, whatever. Right. And <laughs> that, and again, it's funny. Cause like in hindsight, I guess that's, I guess that's what's funny is I'm having this reaction by being like, yeah, cause it's hemology. I mean, what are you talking about? <laughs> but it's like in hindsight, it's like, okay, of course that's part of the magic system. And then now, like every time a spike comes up at all in, in Scadrial, we're like, oh, what does that mean? You know, uh, like with Trell and all that other stuff. Um, so I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I could see it. Uh, that was kind of fun how they brought that up. Uh, 57, uh, the mist are going away from men. Yeah, when the she's, going when away. she's trying to go to the Well of Ascension. Probably because her spike. Um, the other thing could be argued that is because she's doing something preservation doesn't want her to I do. I think that's what it is because she's fought with her earring in before yeah. and the, the mist had never gone away from her. In fact, she consistently would talk about how the mist would curl. Yeah, I mean, yeah, except for that one time when she called for them, but that, but they didn't go away from her. They didn't they just go away didn't, from her. They That's just true. didn't answer. That's true because she had her earring in. Her, her, him pointing that out. She's been in the mist a lot, and no one's pointed that out before. So that's probably yeah. because she Ellen's was, doing it. Like, hey, I don't think this is good. Yeah, you know? preservation was trying to, or was you know they were acting in preservation, saying stop, 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 stop. Yeah, we mentioned uh, we mentioned fifty eight. We mentioned how there's only one bead left, and you know we know that Hoyd was Hoyd took a visit. And was there. Um, did Kelsier ever point out that the Hoyd was the Hoyd when he met him? I can't remember that in Secret History. What do you mean? Because he fought Hoyd, right? Yeah. And then he he's talking to what, Chris? Or, or he's talking to Chris and his compatriot or someone. No, he was like, he or doesn't. was it preservation? He doesn't. He, what happens is later when he gets released, because later in Hero of Ages, Vin's mm-hmm. going to, you know, and he's going to say, get away from that guy. You know, oh, so I he know. does finally make the connection. Yeah, remember because remember Vin like darts away from Hoyd, mm-hmm. and it was because Kelsier was like really, really pushing on her to like go away. Yeah, and at this point, I want to say that ends up being the end of like what I had notes wise for these chapters going through the epilogue because the epilogue just like laid it all out on the table. Like 
epilogues do. Well, um, and and the thing, so the the interesting stuff that happens at the very end of Well of Ascension is juicy because we see it from the perspective of his secret history. Um, you know, when yeah. Kelsier was the one that forced preservation to stab him, which is interesting that he has that knife. I'm going to be really interested to see how that how that knife plays into it. Because I remember preservation being like really protective of that night, or like really like like that was a thing. Um, and then we had the clang that Ven had when she defended Ellen from the Miss Wraith the first time in the mm-hmm. tent, um, which I presume is a knife. Which I'm like, I guess Ruin can, can mimic or whatever. And it's weird that we saw Kelsier. Kelsier was the Miss Spirit that was pointing at the you know mm-hmm. the Lorassium. Um, the other thing is, is we know 12 beads of Lorassium, but it makes more sense that there would have been 16. Yeah, so we were, you were talking about that off mic right before we started this episode. Are those four still floating around for Mistborn Era 3 to come around? <laughs> well, and here's the thing, is Lorassium would have been super freaking valuable. Mm. And so here was something we don't understand in the Cosmere yet, is Chris said that Hoyd essentially going through... Um, the the well of ascension as the as the perpendicularity was super dangerous for some reason mm-hmm. and that's why like no one would go through it because of course people would go through there all the time right yeah, he was he was writing something right he was writing he was writing a corpse yeah. yeah he was writing uh he had to take it but they said it was super dangerous to go through that perpendicularity and i don't know if it was because of that because it was surrounded by an, a bottomless pit or whatever that they mm-hmm. would go through um or it was unstable or i don't know like but it makes sense that that would explain why people didn't go through there all the time and just get Lorassium. Yeah, and so we talked about the trade to through and, and Final Empire in one of our episodes. We talked about the trade, the spoiler episode. We talked about the trade through the Pits of Hassan, which meant that like the Lord Ruler obviously knew there were World Hoppers coming through, mm-hmm. because how would they get out of the Pits of Hassan right without being spotted? Um, but yeah, that was something that was super duper interesting. Was like what exactly makes that perpendicularity dangerous? Yeah, and and they've and then in Last Metal they said the perpendicularities are suddenly like unreliable and they can't you know they start becoming more dangerous and like autonomy could shut hers down was mm-hmm. able to shut it down completely so it's not like we, shards are the reason yeah we learned we learned that you know it's just we learned in the Last Metal that a perpendicularity can just open when there's just a lot of investors in a single place they were trying to dump that in Lost Metal right they were right. trying to tried to create the portal to whatever autonomy's red army was mm-hmm. but yeah i don't know much about that i'm hoping to see more about it we talked about the beads of lorassium i think you know i initially thought was are these going to be around for mistborn era three but it would make a lot more sense um that maybe you know and maybe it wouldn't make sense to do this but maybe it could did the lord ruler keep them around to trade to offworlders um i mean I don't know. The other way is the way they were stored. Like they were in these, uh, what I'm interested in is they're in these clay, like pottery things mm-hmm. and it was kind of broken. So it makes me think they were like on plates. So it's almost like they were set up, right? Mm-hmm. And so my thought is, is that during the ascension, when he first became you know, the Lord Ruler, was that they were like in a, in a, in a thing that there were 12 of them there, but there were probably four empty plates. Um, and maybe that's where Alamancers first came from. We don't know much of what happened pre- pre-Ascension. So, I mean, again, this is all of my fanfic, you know, uh, uh, research. Uh, so, I don't know why he would keep it. The other thing is, I think Caesar made a good point, which is essentially 
Um, maybe he thought that at some point his powers would be taken from him or he might need it because Lerassium also can be used in hemology um, mm-hmm. to to take all abilities. So it would it would make sense that he would probably keep it around just in case. And he's like, where would I keep it? Well, right next to the well of power. Is Lerassium taking all of abilities or any ability? I think it's any ability. It's any ability. Uh, I think I, that's what it is. It's not all. Yeah. Is it, and it's I've, based on where the, where the spike's driven through. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and so, like, it would be super valuable to have just some Lerassium chilling mm-hmm. in the in the back burner. Um, or, because Lerassium also just amplifies, like, any elementic power, it would be something that he could just have on, on, on hand just in case. And where would you keep it right next to the Will of Ascension? Because if somebody takes the Will of Ascension, it doesn't matter if he has the Lerassium or not. It's already over. So I guess that makes some sense. Um, but it, it still is just kind of weird. The other thing is that uh, because Hoyt was able to just walk through it, you would have probably thought he would understand perpendicularities and be like, huh, maybe I should keep some Steel Inquisitors here, especially since they the Steel Inquisitors knew about the Well of Ascension, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and so this, these are all things I'm like, huh. Is it one of those things where like the only reason Hoyd was able to walk through it at that point was because the well was full? It just like isn't an, it's a non-factor until the well gets complo- close to being full. It's possible. And it's possible it's not a perpendicularity until that point. But I mean, that doesn't make sense because they were able to do it in the last metal with what sounds like significantly less investiture. But um, I don't I, I mean, I don't know. It could be that it could be that it, it was because it was full that it could be taken at any time uh, because it was being used be to um, to bind ruin in some way uh, because both of the shards were like right next to it. Essentially, uh, it could be a whole bunch of different mm-hmm. reasons why that it could be that specifically. But um, I, ha- I, I have to think that it has to do something with uh, going through it may not have allowed a stable transfer across realms and that's why it would be significantly more dangerous um but i i love again the fact the the theme that we picked up and i said this in the last episode which was Vin's whole arc you know during this time was like it's all about trust all of them the whole thing the whole story is like we have to trust people we have to trust people we have to trust people we have to understand trust i have to trust people and then it all just betrays her at the very end mm-hmm. um and i thought that was just you know an interesting thing uh, like a little theme that got built up there at the end um but i think you know the thing i, I was very surprised at how well of ascension you know, I said before that many people consider it one of the weaker Cosmere novels. Um, and I think it's because of things like this where we were, when we talk about it, there's not a whole bunch of Cosmere implications with a whole bunch of things. Um, there's not a whole bunch of new things in terms of the Cosmere that get brought up. It's just a lot of character development. It's a lot of, you know, setting up Hero of Ages to be the amazing finish that it is yeah i think what we said right we didn't get anything that was like super interesting until i mean outside of like just some cool writing in in between but like we didn't get anything super interesting for like the big aspect of the story until the epilogue when we realized that the well of ascension was trapping ruin and what ruin actually is and we go oh gosh there are gods (laughs) and like but we don't know it's, it's a god at that point, but we, we there's some higher power than what we were saying. One The way I look at this is, so I'm, I'm going to go off Cosmere and talk about another book. 
a little bit. It's called The Sparrow. Um, mm, spoilers for The Sparrow? No, not not spoilers for The Sparrow. Um, but I want to bring up because um, I think the next book is called Children of God or whatever. Um, but I always try to tell people if you read The Sparrow, it was supposed to, people talk about how like it's such a great book. It's so awesome. It's so amazing for many different way, way, ways. I, I, I like The Sparrow fair, but The Sparrow was amazing when combined with the second book. Like, I almost really want to say, like, that book needed to be one book, right? Okay. Well of Ascension, I think it's some hate because it really is just a stepping stone into Hero of Ages. Because when you look in the Hero of Ages... Like it's it's all it's all gas no bricks. Like, oh yeah, like we already like we're only like in the first few chapters, and like the epigraphs are like like we're five epigraphs in, and we already got more information than we got all the epigraphs in in Well of Ascension. We got so many big Cosmere things. Mm-hmm. You get introduced to the Cosmere essentially in Hero of Ages. Um, you get Ellen. He's a completely different character in Hero of Ages. To the point where where actually Michael Kramer uses a different voice for him, in um, Hero of Ages than he was in First and Final Empire, and seeing him go from this like kind of bumbly kid that's kind of a fool to like a full on emperor that commands people and understands that and is is an admitted tyrant. Um, now I think that was the best part about it when Set came in. He took those qualities from Set straight yeah. up. Set came in and said like. Yeah, I'm a tyrant, and I'm here to conquer you. And, I, and then we was talking to talking to Fatrin Fat, in the very uh, Fatrin, yeah, Fatrin in the very beginning. It is like you came here to rob us. No, I came here to conquer you. That's completely different. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> the other thing is, he's like, what? So now we're going to be under a tyrant? And he's like, yes. <laughs> and he, like before, Ellen would be like, oh, no, I mean, it's not like that. It's like I'm going to, you know. But and seeing, and then also, you know, setting up him to be a misborn, which you know had to happen so that we can understand. It's like if you didn't have, well, I, I know it seems stupid to say if you didn't have Well of Ascension, you wouldn't really understand Hero of Ages. But my point is, is that everything in Well of Ascension had to happen because everything that was set up in Final Empire wasn't enough. Well of Ascension, I would say, doesn't stand up on its own. It doesn't. Final Empire does. Final Empire stands up on its own as a perfectly good story that wraps everything up, that has cool things all through the the whole thing. Well of Ascension, to me, should be almost combined with Hero of Ages. Um, Because that is like a complete story. Like, well, the second half is a complete story. Mm-hmm. Well of Ascension is kind of not. It's it's It starts off with things that need to be set up, and it ends on, like, this cliffhanger that needs to be completed. Yeah. You know, Final Empire, not so much. Like, you could have they, left, they, left they that left, They left some mysteries open, but, like, enough that the story was complete. And Hero of Ages, are, I'm going to say, as amazing as Hero of Ages is, think of it in terms of its own story. It's incomplete. Like 100%. Like it begins with a whole bunch of things that needed to be very well set up, which is what Well of Ascension did. Um, and if and it wraps everything up really clean and nicely, except it does leave some little t- t- you know things to be left out for error too. Yeah, so like like we'll just look at Sazed's character arc uh, as one that's really interesting. Sazed's coming around to ultimately being the hero would have been so like it wouldn't have been nearly as sweet if we didn't look at the idol- idealistic Sazed completely fall. Yeah, get broken in, in Well of Ascension, you know? 
And that's the thing is Sazed is a broken guy and at the beginning of Hero of Ages and becomes who he needs to be to become Harmony. Um, Ellen, I don't think has much of an arc, you know, in, in Hero of Ages, but he had it in Well of Ascension. That's what I'm saying is like, when we look at this place thing as a trilogy, we said it from the beginning that Final Empire is a perfectly good standalone book. Um, well, Well of Ascension, not a very good standalone book. You know, arguably Hero of Ages is also just as weak. The only reason people give Hero of Ages a pass is because it has a fantastic finale, has a whole bunch of Cosmere stuff, and a lot of like big reveals that have been built up in Well of Ascension. Mm-hmm. Yes, they were kind of built up in Final Empire, but Well of Ascension was what hyped, you know, hyped yeah. this. I don't know why, like, my argument always comes down to the stupid thing of, oh man, you know, people shouldn't be back, people would be back on Well of Ascension because it's just a stepping stone to Hero of Ages, but it was a necessary one. I don't think you could have done all of Well of Ascension in just a few chapters or even half as much, you know, time and then also combine that with Hero Ages and made this, you know, not a trilogy. I think it needed to happen. Um, and I think it was re- I think it's really cool, you know, when you look at it la- that way. And that's what we've been saying. That's why I say, like, you either stop at uh, Final Empire or you you, gotta keep you going. finish the entire series because there's no way you stop at Well of Ascension. Um, I mean... You tried to. Yeah. No, I, I didn't. No, I didn't. I did what I did Well of Ascension. Uh after I started I started after Final Empire, I didn't start Well of Ascension for forever. But after I went through Well of Ascension, I had to keep going. Hey, but that's why we're here. We're here to say that uh, you know, I mean, this isn't for our spoiler group, but that's why why we started this in the beginning is the idea of like, let's show people that this is a a universe, this is a uh the Cosmere is worth your time. If you ultimately want to give it, like, it is worth your time. And I really think Well of Ascension did a great job of doing that. So please come back and join us for our adventure into Hero of Ages and the completion of Mistborn Era 1. Hey everyone, Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.